We heard the Lord speak to his prophet Malachi today. Look, the day is coming, burning like a blast furnace. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise, and there will be healing in its wings. Amen. My dear fellow saints, perhaps you remember back in 2012 when Hurricane Sandy hit the Atlantic coast. It was the strongest, most destructive hurricane of that hurricane season. The Egg Harbor Township of New Jersey was hit hard by, by Hurricane Sandy, which was then dubbed as Frankenstorm. The rain was falling in sheets, the wind was relentless, and the fire chief was fuming. Dozens of people who lived in that sprawling coastal town remained in their homes, even though they were encouraged to evacuate. And now, the floodwaters were lapping at their doors. The fire chief angrily said, we told them yesterday, we told them the day before, to evacuate, and now we have to put our people in harm's way in order to go get them. And so, in the middle of the worst of the storm, fire personnel and police officers went door to door, slogging through knee-deep water and under dark skies, knocking on doors to get out the diehards. And many of those diehards stayed for various reasons. Some stayed in order to protect their possessions. Others stayed because they didn't think the storm was going to be that bad. And still others told reporters later on that they stayed and they thought it was going to be kind of fun as they were setting up tents and camping in their living rooms with their children until the rescue personnel knocked on their doors and ordered mandatory evacuation. And then they were forced to leave whether they wanted to or not. Weather forecasters, mayors, governors, and rescue personnel had been predicting for the prior weeks that the storm could be bad so that everyone that was in the storm's path should evacuate. Those who didn't listen, you know, they, they had dif difficulty. They ignored the warnings. But for those who did listen, they found safety and security. 2,000 years ago, our Lord Jesus said that there was something far more destructive than that was coming. It was worse than a Frankenstorm. It was his last day of judgment. He wanted to prepare his people for this last day. And yet, we know from experience that most people ignore these warnings. But for those who listen, they, found, they find safety and security in their rescuer and savior. It's always interesting and important for us to understand the context of Scripture. So the context of Jesus speaking about Judgment Day in the latter verses of John chapter 5 is that in the early verses of John chapter 5, he heals an invalid at the pool of Bethesda. The Jews are upset at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. They begin persecuting Jesus because he has the audacity to heal on the Lord's day, that he's claiming to be God. Jesus, in essence, says, you think I'm claiming to be God? You're right, but you haven't seen anything yet. And then he explains, for just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. He's saying that 
Jesus shared in the Father's power to give life at the beginning of creation. And now the Father is also granting his Son the authority to judge that life to which he had given. Jesus was sent into this world to be both its Savior and its judge. And yet, Jesus says to Nicodemus in John chapter 5, John chapter 3, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. But now, two chapters later, we hear Jesus saying that the Father has given him authority to judge. So which is it? Is he to be the Savior or the judge? Critics of Christianity will say this is a contradiction. But we Christians aren't going to be so easily fooled. No, we say this is complimentary, that Jesus did come into the world to save the world, that everyone who believes in his name will be saved. But for those who reject him and refuse to believe in him, then Jesus becomes their judge. Let me explain it this way. There's a large group of people on the corner of a busy street, and one guy isn't paying attention, and he wanders into the street right in front of oncoming traffic. Suddenly, a hand shoots out from the crowd and pulls the man back to safety. The man is very appreciative of the second man, who then leaves and goes in a different direction. The first guy feels he's been saved, and so he decides to continue to do what he planned to do that day, which is rob a convenience store, which he does successfully until the police catch him and then arrest him and bring him to court. And there, the, this first man is standing in front of the judge, and he looks up and he recognizes as the second man, the one who had saved him earlier that morning. When the judge allows the first guy to speak, he says, Judge, do you recognize me? You saved me this morning. Is there anything you can do for me? To which the judge replies, Son, this morning I was your savior. Now I am your judge. Both relationships are valid and applicable. So friends, how do you see Jesus? Is he your savior or is he your judge? Throughout Scripture, we are given a myriad of warnings about the last day. Have you been listening to these warnings, or have you been ignoring them? Like those in the path of Hurricane Sandy, are you so protective of your possessions that now your possessions are holding on to you? Do you think of this world as just a party, fun and festive, and so you don't think of the world to come? Jesus teaches, amen, amen, I tell you. And the other day I learned this in our podcast as Pastor Lightning said that every time Jesus says, amen, amen, that is an eternal truth. It is something that is always true. Amen, amen, I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He is not coming to judge but has crossed over from death to life. Amen, amen, I tell you, another eternal truth. A time is coming and is here now when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. People all around us ignore the Lord's warnings. They cut themselves off from the giver of life. They are going to be like those diehards that stayed in Hurricane Sandy's path to which the police lieutenant said with disgust, 
they'll have to get the kayaks out to bring out their drowned corpses. Friends, has your world become so noisy that you can no longer hear the voice of Jesus over that din? Do you ignore the voice of Jesus so that, it has, so that you become nothing more than a walking corpse? Is your life so filled with the busyness of business, of soccer games, basketball tournaments, band concerts, math tests, college exams, meal preparations, carding kids, watching TV, playing video games, social media, overtime pay, business meetings, and whatever else you use to fill up your time that you no longer have time for Jesus. Jesus warns, do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, but those who have practiced evil will rise to be condemned. Good works are not the cause of our salvation. They are, however, evidence of our salvation. Those who are doing good are not doing it to try to earn their salvation, but rather they are doing it as evidence that they've already been given salvation. But when we no longer hear Jesus' words, when we no longer live the life of a Christian, when we no longer feel the need to worship or read our Bibles or receive the sacrament, then we no longer have the ability to hear God's urgent warnings. Instead, we will be like those who are ripe for God's judgment. Those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. Those who by their lives have said to God, I don't want to be with you. I don't want to listen to you. And so on the last day, God honors their choice and he sends them to hell so that there are no distractions of God because God won't be there. Just as mayors, governors, and rescue personnel gave strong warnings to the East Coast to evacuate, so Jesus gives us strong warnings today. A clock is ticking. The great day of judgment is coming. And that clock started ticking at the very first moment of creation. And that clock started ticking for you at the moment that you were born. And so every year, Every month, every day that goes by is a, is a reminder that we are coming close to that last hour. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, hurricanes, that's a reminder that we are living in the end times. But it's not only that. Every gray hair, every wrinkle, every ache and pain, that is a reminder to you that your personal last hour is coming. For God has set the time and the hour for his son to come back into this world and this world and its order will cease. All people will then rise from the dead and stand for judgment. Those who reject the Savior will be cut off and suffer God's wrath. But as we heard Malachi say today, those who revere the Savior's name will receive healing in their wings. They will be released from their pastures like like calves released from their stalls. 
Jesus promised, Amen, amen, I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He is not going to come into judgment, but has crossed over from death to life. Here, Jesus promises that you already have eternal life. And so you don't need to be afraid. That eternal life was given to you at your baptism. When the pastor poured God's word and water over your head, he brought you from death to life. Or maybe for you it was later on in life, in your conversion. And then God took you from a corpse and gave you life just like he did for Lazarus when he called him out of the grave. And this happened because Christ put himself in harm's way. This is how much the Son of God loves you. He doesn't just give you warnings, but he put himself in harm's way. He stepped in the middle of the storm of sin and death to rescue you. We heard that from Hebrews. He has appeared once and for all at the climax of the ages in order to take away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So now that Christ has rescued you, now he has prepared you to do good works in his name. And one of those good works is what you're doing right now. It's worship. Through worship, you are actively praising your triune God for the salvation that he has won for you and then given for you. But through that same worship, the triune God is actively working on you to strengthen your faith so that you are prepared on the last day. But I'll be honest with you, the attendance of our WS students and their families is awful. And the attendance of our Shoreland students and their families is even worse. It is abysmal. Parents, our main vocation is life is making sure that we raise our children so that they have faith in Jesus now and through eternity. It's awesome that we have this blessing of a Lutheran elementary school and high school so that our children can hear Jesus' words five days a week, over 180 days of the year. But what happens when they are not given the opportunity to have contact with him, have no access to hearing his words, no ability to praise him on the weekends? Are they going to remain faithful to Jesus' words after their Lutheran elementary and high school educations are done? The statistics say that they won't be. So then it is our vocation to do everything in our parental power to ensure that they have every opportunity to hear Jesus' words, to praise Jesus with their words, and to put Jesus' words into actions. And that means, parents, that you need to be bringing your, your children to church for worship. And then bring them for Sunday school. Parents with teenagers, you need to turn the light on in their bedroom and get them up to they are sitting with you in church. If you have to, go to their workplace and tell their employer they need off on Sunday morning so they are sitting with you. Your job doesn't end there. If you have college students, you call up your college student and the campus pastor every other week to make sure that they are getting together for word and sacrament regularly. And grandparents, you're not off the hook. Grandparents, you can be doing exactly the same thing with your children and grandchildren. It doesn't matter whether they're little squirts 
or teenagers or college students or adults. You talk to them, call them up, talk to them about church. Engage them in a discussion about their faith life. And even if they get annoyed with you and tell you it's none of your business, you remind them that they're pretty annoying to you too. And yet you still love them. And it is your business. Your sole business in life is to make sure that your children and grandchildren are hearing Jesus' words now so that they are hearing Jesus' words with you for eternity. We need to be reminded of this. We need to remind our families of this. And we need to remind those in our community about this. Two weeks ago when I was door canvassing, hanging flyers on doors around our campus to invite people to our trunk or treat, I encountered people who had no idea that this church was here. Three blocks away. No idea that there was a Lutheran elementary school here. Or downtown. Or a Lutheran high school just a few miles away. And no idea that they could send their children to our schools for free through school choice. We have a lot of work to do, don't we? There are plenty of opportunities for us to do good works in the name of Jesus and to his glory. Because a great day of evacuation is coming. St. Peter tells us that that day is coming when this world and the heavens will burn up with fire and will disappear. And there are only going to be two groups of people left on that last day. Those that are going to be on Jesus' left, that are going to be standing there in fear and trepidation because they see Jesus as their judge. And then there are going to be those on Jesus, right, that are looking at him with calm and confidence because they see him as their rescuer and savior. So listen to the Lord's warnings. Make use of God's word and sacraments. Christ has made you alive. Now live like you are alive with good works. Be prepared for the evacuation of the world. Amen.